of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Governor Ricketts is taking resumes for my guest's job. Scott Frakes is resigning October 7th. He has been the director of Nebraska's Department of Corrections since 2015. I want to thank you very much, Director Frakes, for accepting the invitation to come in and chat for a few minutes today. Certainly. Always good having you in. I read where you referred to your time here in Nebraska as truly the high point of a 40-year corrections career. What made it such an incredible experience? Well, I never, I aspired to be the, you know, in Washington State, the deputy director of prisons. I wanted to be over the prison system. I was, that's where most of my career focus was in corrections. I spent 29 years working inside prisons and then three years working at the central office headquarters level. So before that opportunity presented itself, this opportunity presented itself, and the next thing I knew, here I am in Nebraska, the director of an agency of corrections, and that's kind of the pinnacle in, the, in my business. Um, and then to find an agency with so many incredible people, so much dedication, um, the strength of the, the family that we talk about in our business. Um, yeah, we had challenges to work on, but we figured them out and overcame them and overcame some new ones that came along uh, and continued to move the agency forward in some cases leaps and bounds so not only was it that chance to be the leader of a corrections agency but to be the leader of one that was um, turned out to be more amazing than I could have ever imagined you intended to stay five you stayed eight so why five years and what kept you here for eight well, they told me coming into this job that today, the people that are in this job across the country, that the typical length of tenure, at that time it was 33 months, it grew a little bit, it's about 36 months for the average director, for just all the different reasons that happen. Um, it's a tough business. So I knew if I could make 36 months, then I at least you know would be at the midpoint. And five years as coming into it felt like the right length of time to be able to uh, address the problems that we knew we had, figure out what else we needed to work on, and move some initiatives forward that I felt were important. So that was the five-year number. The other piece was, before I came to Nebraska, I had a retirement date that would have been about a year before that. So I already had a retirement plan that I had pretty much, in my mind, solidified in Washington. And so I was going to end up working uh, just a little bit longer than I thought I was in 2014. Publicly, it appeared that you and Governor Ricketts got along. How would you characterize your relationship with the governor? I think what you see in the public eye is what you would see in any private or you know, closed-door meeting exchange that we've had. Um, you know, there's sometimes our politics might vary a little bit, but in terms of his vision and expectations for corrections for our department, uh, we couldn't have been more in line. And one of the most impressive things about Governor Ricketts to me is he knows what he wants, he's got a plan to get there, and he doesn't waver. He stays on point. 
the things that he was saying in 2014 to the voters, the things that he was saying when he became governor in 2015, are the same things he says today. Uh, and the things he says in the public arena are no different than the conversations that we've had one-on-one -on -one or with a cabinet meeting. Uh, and that is what I'm looking for in any leader. It's that consistency and integrity and just good, strong, solid beliefs. Scott Frakes, Director of Corrections, joining me on the conversation. Uh, he steps down, retires October 7th. All right, there are two columns on the legal pad, okay? Accomplishments, one column. Didn't get it done, the other column. What's in those columns? All right, big ones uh, certainly would be the fact that we had an issue with sentence calculation, a fairly major public issue. We came together with some experts. We created sentence calculation software built within our system rather than something off the shelf that we had to then try to shoehorn into our system. It was a long but very productive one-year project, and when it launched, it was pretty much flawless, which is not all that you know usual in the world of, of software launches, So, and it still serves us today. So that's a huge one. The finally being able to find the right formula to address our staffing issues. Uh, we haven't fixed everything, but the compensation packages and some of the other pieces that we announced last December have led to some incredible outcome. We've hired over 600 people since the first of the year. Turnover is uh, was 24% last year. It's trending to be just under 15% this year. Uh, those are the kind of numbers that are going to allow us to get to where we need to be to have a, a healthy, happy workforce and deliver on our mission and our vision. Uh, we want to give all of the population every opportunity we can for programming and other pro-social activities, you know, so they leave us and they don't come back. Having recidivism start trending downward and for the last three years trending downward, moving from about 31% to just below 30% this year. Um, that's huge. That puts us in easily in the top third in the nation in terms of success because a 29.8 recidivism rate translates to a 70.2 success rate. That's big. And there's a lot of other things. I've got actually a fairly long list, you know. On the, um, on the other side, there's, uh, I try very hard to not have regrets. I don't want to waste a lot of energy around that, but I do look for learning lessons, and I do look at things, um, how could we have been more effective. So the, the, probably the length of time it took to find the right formula on the staffing piece, and I'm not sure yet what I would have done differently, but clearly we spent a long time to finally get, and we had to get to a true crisis before we were able to turn that around, uh, would have been healthier for all if we hadn't got to that level of crisis. I would have liked to have seen our evidence-based practices move quicker. I'm going to put a lot of blame on the pandemic. Uh, that we were incredible. That's another one of our successes in terms of how we managed and ran a corrections agency through a two-year pandemic and had very good outcomes, uh, very good numbers in terms of the infection rate and the other pieces. Um, but at the same time, we, we were down to meeting our core mission. We made sure we kept everybody incarcerated, we fed them, we counted them, we did our clinical treatment, healthcare treatment, 
but it was very difficult to deliver a lot of programming during that time just because of all the restrictions. So, But even despite that, though, all the indicators are we still are moving in the right direction. And I don't know. If there's anything else, it would probably be around um, finding the right way to to improve the relationship between the legislature and my department. Um, didn't find the right formula. You inherited that, though. I did. A lot of it, didn't I, you, admittedly? Admittedly. You know, and, not, and I don't say that in terms of blaming anybody no. in the past, but, um, but it... It's been a tough climb to move away from that, to reestablish trust in the agency. Um, and combined with that was what was at least put out as a perception that there was a culture of fear within the agency, that staff didn't feel that they could speak up, that they could say what they needed to say without some fear of repercussion. Um, so I put that more on the, on the success column because walking in the door, I said, okay, then my door's open, you know, literally and figuratively. Uh, my email is open, and I read it about 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I do respond to all my emails. Uh, I went out and visited facilities and spent a lot of time on the ground and just started to chip away at that piece. I'd like to think today that in any organization, that's always a concern, you know, um, but I'd like to think that we're certainly in a much better place there as well. Ground will not be broken on your watch. Do you see that happening, and how soon? I do, you know, and don't forget about all that good stuff we did. We've over 150 million in construction that we managed to get completed after nothing for about 10 years. So here's why I'm, I am confident about the replacement of NSP. I no longer think that there's disagreement about that it needs to happen. The questions are what is the right answer and, you know, and what are the right classification of beds and some of those pieces. To me, that's the nuances of it. We were granted, two years ago, we were granted about $19 million to option land and to do design work as far as you can without knowing exactly where you're going to put it. We've done all of that and done that well. We pretty much spent that. So we've already got, you know, Nebraska taxpayers, we've got an almost $19 million investment in this project. That's a pretty big investment. This session, the legislature said, we want some more stuff, so go do you know, some classification study work, and we want a new master plan. Uh, but they took $250 million and put it in the construction capital construction account. So it's not allocated, but there's the funding source. Uh, because of inflation, now it's, not, it's probably not going to be enough, but it's enough to get through the next biennium and into the next biennium. So it's not so much about the money. It's not about whether or not something needs to happen. Now it's just that last piece of the, the new director going in to explain one more time about why this is the best investment, why this is a smart investment, and you know, what is the right number of beds, classification. Those are the little pieces that can kind of be hammered out. We designed it in a way that is completely flexible. So whether the decision was to build more high security and less low security or the other way around, uh, we've in this design we've already got footprints for living units um, very easy to change and move in whatever direction that the collective body decides so I think that the end of this next session uh, NDCS will have the green light to start building that replacement facility 
All right, there's a third column. I've changed my mind. There's a third column, okay? This column is challenges for your successor. What's in that column? I would think, um, I'd like to think this is a good challenge, but at this point they're not walking in the door with a list of things that have already been determined have to be fixed. Uh, some high-profile things like the sentence calculation issues and some of the other things that came out of the legislature in 2014. So the laundry list that they have will be a combination of what the new governor feels should be priorities for the agency and their own priorities. Um, I think that if the new director comes from outside the agency, they're going to have the same challenge that I did, especially since they probably will come with prior experience. You've got to remember to, oh, that, that was Washington. <laughs> Stop talking about Washington, which eight years later I'm still not flawless, you know start talking about your agency and framing things in, in that kind of terminology, and then getting out to learn the lay of the land. Even though we're relatively small as a corrections agency, we've got nine prisons. They're spread out from here to McCook and down to Tecumseh, so there's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, prisons are big and it takes a while, and it takes a long time to really get out and to learn and get to know first your administrative team and then the next layer of the organization and then ultimately to at least have some recognition of the 2,300 people that currently work in this agency. So those are big deals. And then I think, let's hope that Nebraska weathers this current economic storm as well as they are right now or we are right now. Um, I'd like to see, you know, I've said it'd be nice if unemployment it got a little bit bigger, uh, only in terms of, you know, being one of the lowest in the nation. That's been part of our challenge. Uh, but as long as our economy re remains strong, we've got basic Midwest Nebraska approach to pay as you go. Um, I think the new director should have a pretty, a pretty good um, experience in this, you know, first biennium. Um, but it's hard to read the tea leaves around the money, and that's one of the things in state government we saw in the, you know, the big downturn that started in 2008. I know Washington and Nebraska both were late into that, so they weathered things well for a year and a half or so, and then because of the way the economy is shaped in Washington, it's sales tax base, and of course, very heavy ag base here. Um, so came in late, and then more, you know we're later to get out of it, um, and. One of the things that always gets impacted strongly is state government whenever there's a major downturn. Uh, and then that's where you have to really figure out, you know, what can you cut, what can you do less of, and how can you do all that and still do the mission and the vision. You're 64, still young enough, and you won't have that ball and chain of corrections <laughs> around your ankle. What are you going to do with all your time? Go on, I'm, I'm guessing. You haven't said... But I'm guessing you're going back to Washington. I am going State. back. I am going back to Washington. You know, um, I've been saying this a lot lately, and I really do mean it. Had I grown up in Nebraska, I have no doubt that I would be a very happy Nebraskan. I would have identified. I'm an outdoor guy. I like outdoor stuff. I would have identified those things in Nebraska that fed that. I'd know where to go and what to do. Um, I would have figured out how it is you go camping in a climate where, you know, it stays hot and sticky all night. In Washington, you go to the mountains, and by sundown, it's cold. <laughs> you get in your sleeping bag. Yeah. So there's three really important 
pieces of who I am, and that would be mountains, the ocean, and clear running streams. I'm told there's a clear running stream somewhere up north somewhere. I didn't manage to get up there to see it. Um, there's no mountains, <laughs> and it's a long ways to the ocean. My family is out there. Uh, my one child in Seattle, another one currently in California, but I think in the next year or two she's coming back to Washington. So, you know, to have that piece. And you know, we have real estate that we've owned for a long time. So it's all those pieces, the friends, the families, knowing the things you want to do. And then on the other side, I'm really determined to not have a job again. I've been pretty much steadily employed since I was 15. I think 49 years of steady work is good and enough. But I know that after I've done all the goofing around playing, remodeled the basement and whatever else it is I'm going to do then, I'm going to have to feed the soul with something. So whether it's nonprofit work, uh, consulting work, or whatever it might be, I'm pretty sure that I'll I'll find something to to take some of my time. Let me see your hands. There are no calluses. On well, those no, hands. but I have. You're going to put some calluses. You're going to put some calluses on those hands. My favorite story this summer is: remember that if you are driving a two-inch screw through an inch and a half thick two by four, yeah. don't hold it in your palm. No. It only took six weeks for it to heal. <laughs> no. And you come from the construction <laughs> I know, world, because, for heaven's Yeah, well, how many construction guys do you see? That, yeah, that's you know, true. It's like we used to say on the forestry side, you can tell how long somebody worked in the mill by how many fingers they still had on their hands. Yeah, they, they have uh, the emergency room on speed dial. Well, uh, Director Frakes, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for the three, four, five times that you've accepted invitations to come in. I've enjoyed every single one of them. The best of life to you. Dale, thank you, and it is always a pleasure to talk with you, always. The Director of Corrections for the State of Nebraska until October 7th, Scott Frakes with me on Lincoln Live.